Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. The creative life of Walter Martin is a fascinating ride. He has gone from celebrated indie rocker, Jonathan Fire Eater, The Walkman, to kids' music creator, kids love him, to what he's doing now where he makes these solo records that are really brilliant artistic pieces of work, and then subsidizing those by doing you know, music for film and commercials and TV. And he's just constantly living a creative life. And it doesn't seem or sound like he is too worried about what the world thinks about it. He's going to go and do it. And it just so happens that the world, you know, loves it. And and he's able to make a, a living doing this stuff. And I think that he's such a, a really cool guy. I, I did not know him going into this conversation that you're about to hear, but Walter Martin is... Not what I expected. You know, I thought New York. I thought, uh, you know, indie rock. I thought that he would be... I thought he would be perhaps like the living embodiment of Pitchfork magazine, like Too Cool for School, and look down his nose at the world. Guess what? That is my own insecurity talking. That is not Walter Martin. This is a man who lives to make music and lives to make art and is really cool and nice and sweet. And I'm so glad I got to meet him and speak with him for this episode of Wheels Off. Please welcome Walter Martin. Welcome to Wheels Off, Walter Martin. Thank you so much for joining me. This is cool, man. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, For the edification of our listeners, from where are you joining us? Uh, From my studio uh, in upstate New York. And it looks really beautiful. It looks like like an old barn or something. It's actually an old schoolhouse. Yeah, it was like uh, operated as a schoolhouse from 1810 or so until 1950. Dude, that's... And then the previous owner had a, he was like a, a woodworker and he had a, it was his wood, wood shop. Wow. Uh, so I just put heating, we, I just put heating in it, you know, this is the first winter that's had heating in it. It looks really beautiful. Um. Thank so you. Yeah. congrats on the bear, the new record just about to come out. Well, as we record this, by the time this drops, it will have come out. Uh, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. It comes out on Friday on the 25th. Yeah. Um, that's so cool, man. Uh, do, do you know what, what number this is for you? Do you keep track of how many albums? I've made a lot of albums. I mean, I've made like, I guess, one, <laughs> two, three, four, five proper i think this is like my sixth proper one 
And then I like during COVID, I released two like collections of songs that were like just stuff that I had lying around uh, that I liked, but I didn't really find homes on, on albums for whatever reason. That's great. Um, so obviously, I'm sure promoting this album is 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 taking up a lot of your time. But I wonder what creative project are you working on at the moment, and how does it light you up? Well, yeah, I mean, I have been working I, in the fall. I was working a lot on this. Uh, like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm trying to do like a long. You know, I did like I did like a a kids thing in the past. I did like a kids record right out of the gate after I, after Walkman, just because I sort of wanted to do the opposite of. Of what I, everything that I'd done before, and I wanted to figure out like how to, I don't know how to write songs that I could sing really, uh, or that I could sort of talk through, kind of. Uh, and you know, and it sort of opened up a weird thing where it, it, it uh, I, I sort of figured out how to write words that that made sense for me to sing, and I don't know, express things, and it, it was just sort of a, I don't know if it was an accident, but it certainly worked out well for me. Uh, and so, and I really loved doing it, and uh, so I'm trying to. I guess I just have dreams of making a really rich thing that is for families and for kids. I kind of go back and forth between doing stuff that's uh, sort of more for adults and stuff that's more sort of for families. Um, and I guess I'm swinging the other way now. It's funny how I'm like, I'm never going to swing back to wanting to do that. But I really just <laughs> really want, I really just desperately wanted to, to do it. I feel like it's a, it's a really noble, or it's just a nice, it's a very generous gesture, I think, to try to make stuff like that. And I've seen some stuff recently, just TV shows and things like that that are for families that are so cool and creative and, you know, rich and white, whatever, emotional and wonderful. Then like, you know, I should fuck, I, I figured out how to, to, a voice that works for me with that. So I should really explore that more. Anyway, that's a long-winded way of saying that I am working on, on something like that another family album type project that's that's so cool because you know i mean most of the stuff that gets foisted on kids is so insipid right and and if you can give them something that's not gross uh, something that's actually good that's fantastic like you said it's a generous gesture yeah i kind of like it i really like the spirit of it i also like how profoundly uncool it is um, <laughs> i like it's sort of like the forbidden fruit it's sort of like uh I really do like it. It's sort of, it's, it's a nice thing. And it's a really nice world of people who, who do that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know that many musicians do it, but the people, like the animation, the people who I've done like animated movie stuff before and like uh, songs for animated TV shows. It's a really creative a bunch of who, who work on, at least the stuff that I've contributed to. That's so cool. Um, so I, I wonder about when you were starting off, when you were a kid, uh, do you remember like your earliest moments of wanting to do this job? Was there like an epiphany moment? Was this always what you were going to do? Or was, was this always what I did? You know, I mean, like I was always, you know, since I was like baseball was my life until I was about 12. And then my friend Stuart and I started doing guitar lessons together. And I remember the day, like taking down the posters off my wall changing them from baseball pictures to like, you know, pictures of, of like whatever the Rolling Stones. And from, from then it was, uh, it was really all that I spent my, my energy on. We started a band like then in fifth grade and by seventh grade we were playing at the dances and Matt who was in the Walkman joined playing drums and then Paul who was in the Walkman joined in ninth grade. And then we, you know, did it all through high school and I was in other bands in high school. Like I played drums in like a prom band and it was just sort of the only thing that I've ever, you know, I, I, 
wasn't really a, in a situation where it was like, I, that's what I could do for a living. I didn't know anybody else who did that. It wasn't really like an option. I wasn't really talked about. So I never really thought about it. It was like, yeah, this is what I do, but there's a serious stuff that I have to be doing at school and I have to go to college. And, but then, yeah, I do remember a distinct moment when my friend Stuart, who, uh, who ended up being the singer for, for, my, for Jonathan Fire Eater, we were, it's probably was our senior year in high school. He was like, you know, we could just like do this. We could like, we could like uh, try to be professional musicians. And I remember it so well walking down the street. And I was like, you know, no, like, no, we can't. <laughs> you know, like, we, that's not, that's not a lot. We can't do that. We're not allowed to do that. And I thought I didn't want to do that. So I went away to college uh, in, out West thinking that I didn't want to do it. And I, after about a week there, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? That's what I want to do. So I, I left college quickly and came back to New York. And now, yeah, that's when we started our band. Oh, that's so funny. What college, out of curiosity? I went to Colorado College. Oh, yeah. It was quick. <laughs> I, was, I was there very briefly. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, when Was there anything at college, like if you, if you had imagined another path, like would you have been a writer? Would you have been, was there anything else that pulled you? Do you, I, I guess I wonder, do you ever look back on that at the, uh, the roads not taken? And do you think like these alternate paths could, what, wonder what they would have been like? Yeah, I wonder, I'm, I'm really glad I, I had the nerve or had the encouragement from friends or whatever it was. I'm really glad that I was able to follow what I really wanted to do because it didn't, it was sort of, it was hard, you know, it was a hard sell for whatever, my family and my parents and for, it was, it was, it was not great. It was not a great period for parental relationship um but yeah i i don't know what else i would have done you know i i can't imagine what i would have done i'm so shitty at everything else you know, <laughs> like a job or like i don't you know i i don't know how to do it you know i don't pay attention i don't i don't engage even if it's like whatever i used to work at like museums like taking tickets and like counting money and stuff like that like i worked there for like two years i didn't know how to like count the bank at the end of the day. i would be like how do you do that like i just don't, I don't pay attention i don't pay attention to anything except doing music so I, I, whatever i had done would have probably been pretty miserable and i would have been miserable and probably pretty bad at it <laughs> so you know on these during these conversations a lot of times with um creative type people uh i i, I like to get into the idea of how do you get past internally generated obstacles like it seems like everybody has them you know self-doubt uh whatever kind of anxieties that pop up you know guilt um I just, so I wonder, you know, and a lot of times it just ends up being the work itself, but what have you figured out as a way to get past those internally generated obstacles? Has that been an issue for you? And, and, and have you figured out a trick? Definitely. I mean, I think the biggest obstacle that I had to get over was just sort of, it's just that thing. It's that thing where you tell a story about yourself and then you, you stick to it. You're like, that's, that's what I am, you know? And I remember like during, you know, when I was younger, when I was in my twenties and thirties, it was like, I, I, I'm not a singer. I'm not a, I like, I, I can write lyrics and I'll write lyrics for the bands and I'll, uh, but I had, I had strict rules about what I could and couldn't do. And, uh, and I, I didn't also, I was like, I can't write melody. I was like, I, I can write lyrics and I can write drum. I said like in Walkman, I wrote a lot of drums. So I was like, I, I, those are the things that I do best. So those are the things that I do and I don't do anything else. Even though I, you know, I've being in a band since you're whatever, 10, you learn how to play everything. 
Uh, and so, you know, I, I was setting up those sort of limits for myself. I, I really did believe that. I think maybe in the context of the band, that made sense, but I think limiting it, uh, you know, it, it made it so it was very hard for me to imagine doing music on my own. And I really love sort of a loner by nature, and I really love independence, and I really love being self-sufficient. And I was always sort of fantasizing about what I do now, which is doing it myself. And I was like, but I can't fucking do that. I don't have that option because uh, I can't sing and I can't, you know. And then I, I was just getting getting past that. And, I, I, and it was really that kid's record that tricks, tricked me into doing it. And I think realizing how much I love, you know, people like whatever, Randy Newman and Jonathan Richmond and like Michael Hurley, my real, you know, just people who, who I love them and, I, and they sing the way they sing because that's how their fucking voice was designed. And, uh, <laughs> and their words sound like them and they have humor and it's personality and it's emotional. And like, I was like, you know, if I had any guts, that's the stuff I love and I believe in and I should, and I have kids now and I have to have guts. So like, fucking do that write your own fucking songs and tell your own story. And if you, even if you can't sing, you can, you know, you believe in that approach. So fucking do it. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Uh, <laughs> did your kids, out of curiosity, did your kids think it was cool? Were they into it? Were they impressed? Well, I mean, when they were younger, when they were younger, you know, they were, they were like, whatever, one and stuff. Right when they, my, my first kid record came out when, when my first daughter, oldest was one. Okay. So, you know, as when they were like two and three and four, they liked that stuff a lot. But then they discovered whatever, you know, Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande. And <laughs> they still have like, oh, they still wear like my t-shirt sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> but they, they've moved on. Oh my God, that's so great. Have they discovered your old stuff at all? Is there anything of yours that, they, that they've decided is cool? No, they don't, they don't, I don't think they like my old stuff, like the, like the old bands, but they think the t-shirts are cool. <laughs> so they wear like t-shirts to school and they're like that. And they're, they're like in this thing where they think they're cool. They're whatever. They're eight and nine. Uh -huh. They're just starting to fancy themselves kind of cool. So they wear like Rolling Stones sweatshirts, you know? And I'm yeah. always like, hey, if you're going to wear that, you're like, can you name five <laughs> Rolling Stones? On? And so now they can. I know. Although, <laughs> although that's a meme. Whenever I see somebody in a Nirvana shirt or whatever and ask them to name something that you get like, that's an old man meme. You're not allowed to do that. Right. I guess so. I guess that's true. Uh, my my 15 year old wears my my bass player's old band from before old 97s was called Peyote Cowboys. And she okay. wears her Peyote Cowboys shirt to high school. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess uh, that's right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, well this is really cool. I, I I've found that this um the the final line of questioning becomes more uh real life and less sort of theoretical once you have kids. And yeah. um, I, I wonder I wonder if you would mind consolidating some of this wisdom that you've been sharing with us and imagine yourself as a 21-year-old kid. You run into yourself at 21, but in today's world. Um what advice might you give 21-year-old Walt? In today's world, yeah, I don't know. Geez, that's so hard. Today's world is just so fucking scary and weird, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it would probably just be the same, you know. Just like uh, I am very thankful that I figured out to to, to how to do what I want to do, and that I fought, you know, like the whole cliche of of loving your work. Like that is really important, you know. And I and. Uh, 
and I feel like it's just such a blessing to feel passionately about music and to, uh, you know, to be able to do that. Um, so I guess my advice would be just to, you know, to, to, to do what you want to do. And, and if, you know, you only live once and, and, and if you're passionate about something, then certainly spend as much possible, as much time as possible doing that thing, you know, and being with your family. <laughs> what, what, what about when those two things run head on into each other and you <laughs> have to go oh, yeah, into I mean, it. that used to happen to me a lot. I mean, I, I really stopped touring once I had kids, you know, I couldn't bear the thought of it. So now I, I mean, I do a little bit of touring with my own stuff, but I try to, you know, I do like a lot of commercial work and like film and TV stuff to try to, to try to allow me to make the albums I want to make. Uh, and you know, it's it, so far it's working and it's like, total blessing but um i yeah i don't love the idea of I, I don't i definitely could not do a big tour again you know i ha i did so much i mean i toured from whatever i mean you've toured it endlessly too uh what when i was from my, well, i was 19 till i was 39 so like 20 years you know a lot of touring a lot of time with the fellas you know uh, <laughs> and once i had kids i was like i just don't want to do that anymore you know that's amazing it's great that you have the opportunity to sort of train you know, transition from the rock band touring to the kind of music that where you can subsidize making records by doing film and TV work. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's very lucky, you know, again, it's that, that kid record, which was just, I lucked into honestly. And like, and it, for some reason it worked, it, it translates well. And in, in, I guess, cause the story is clear and whatever it is, it translates well into that stuff. So it, it's gotten me some good connections and good work through, through that world. Well, I love it. Um, I really appreciate it. And honestly, I feel like that the last bit of advice you gave about if you know, if, I feel like a lot of people that might be listening to a podcast like this wheels off about creativity and pursuing a creative life. A lot of people are on the fence about it and just even trying to imagine what it would be like. And so, you know, for you to describe pursuing, you know, wholeheartedly this this dream and making a life out of something you love and being brave, I think that's really valuable because it's it's a terrifying thing. It is. It certainly is, you know, and the, and yeah, it definitely is. And it, getting over that hump and, and just going for it is a is a bold and, and thrilling thing, you know, so I definitely encourage people to do that. Nice, man. Well, well, thank you so much for joining me on Wheels Off today. I really appreciate it. And well, thank uh, you. It was great talking to you. Excellent. Take care. You too. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series about how they died 
why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.